Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. On third and four. Cousins throwing and it is caught. Touchdown. It's Adam Thielen for the second time tonight. And down at six. And Chicago has all three timeouts remaining. Here's Kyle Rudolph, who is smart enough to stay inbounds. And he'll be dropped by Mingo. And you see how fired up Kirk Cousins is. Number Chicago one. will spend a timeout. Number why he's so excited, right? Are we going back to the Monday Night Football statistic, really? I think we need to cheers one for Kirk Cousins. He's now 1-9, and nine, his first ever Monday Night victory. Declan, what should we cheers with? Well... I, I ran out of the BlackBerry line, the purple BlackBerry line, because the Vikings have been winning games, everyone. So they've been winning games, so I had to now migrate to the traditional lime flavor, which is what I was knocking back uh, during Vikings Beautiful. Vent line into the night last night. Beautiful. Corona hard seltzer, baby. It is the best. Corona hard seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Cousins forgetting about the field goal. Feeling one-armed. Able to bring it down for the touchdown. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, Courtney. I think that some of it was just their defense. Uh, you know, we got a lot of split safety tonight. Uh, very soft, you know, in coverage, uh, just didn't lend itself to taking shots. And then when you do take shots, you know, their pass rush was able to have more time to get home. So uh, taking some shorter throws, intermediate throws, where the ball was getting out quicker and trying to find holes in their zone coverages, uh, you know, that was something I think we were able to do and mix in throughout the game. Um, you know, when you're a top defense, it's likely because you're not giving up many explosive plays. And I'm sure that um, – you know, that's that's part of the reason they've, they've been so good this year. Welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and our friend from ESPN.com, Courtney Cronin. And just to play this again. Yeah, I think that's a good observation, Courtney. I Courtney, think- you, are, <laughs> you are awarded your, your first good question point of the season. <laughs> Uh, that brings our standing. I've, I've gotten a couple of those. That's not my first one. Bring, I'm not bring the evidence. Or anything. If you bring the evidence to the show, then you'll continue to climb the standings. <laughs> On the season, I have 22. Judd has 20. Ronnie had nine. Uh, Declan with one. And now Courtney has tied Declan with one. And so but she guys, might have more. 
She has more in the bank. Yeah, no, I mean, Kirk and I have a good relationship, I think. I, I think that I've been tough on him um, out of need uh, at points this season, and he's always handled it like a professional. I will give him that. He, uh, you know, I've been, I think I've been as critical as anybody on this beat on Kirk Cousins in kind of calling out some of the issues that showed up early on, but – you know, when you when you ask him a football question, he's willing to go into detail with you. I think that that's the one thing you can really appreciate about, appreciate about him as a quarterback, um, kind of being able to peel back the curtain and give you a little bit more insight on you know what was going on during the game. And um, yeah, but you're not the first person who's who's told me that within the last like 12 hours. I've gotten several texts about that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Is it really that big of a deal? <laughs> did, did you pump your fist when he said it? That's right. I did not. Great I, point, I did Courtney. not. Right. <laughs> a great right point. There. So, all right, before we get to so the, the day after Vikings games, uh, we do Viking statements. This is your first appearance on a Viking mm-hmm. statements episode of Purple Daily. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But the Vikings and the Vikings fans that watched that game last night are very happy. I think everyone has kind of changed their tune from Tank for Trevor to, oh, my God, now there's three straight home games. The Vikings could legitimately run like, Six straight wins off in Chicago. Uh, the vibe is a little bit different, and so uh, thanks to our producers uh, Declan Goff and uh, last night Andrew helping us out here, we have dug up some Bears vent line, courtesy of our friends at the Score in Chicago and also ESPN a thousand. <laughs> idea that you think that he's going to somehow, you know, beat out uh, Aaron Rodgers in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a competition for more touchdowns, you're, you're delusional, all of you. Not you two, but, the, the, you know, the listening audience. <laughs> the biggest problem that I have with the folks that you guys are talking about is that you're leaving out one basic component to this discussion. Nick Foles is like, it's being cruel the way they're treating him. The fact that the Bears haven't addressed the offensive line is not Nick Foles' fault. He's a cerebral passer. And by the way, Anthony Miller dropped a beautiful pass in the downfield uh, right uh, pass that uh, Nick Foles had. Trubisky can't, Trubisky can't throw downfield. You had three years of watching him. And now you want to go, go back and retrograde. You want to go back and retrograde Trubisky? Guess what? I hope you do it. I hope all you morons that are so stupid and lost in the sauce oh, with boy. you know Trubisky's going to be, you guys are a bunch of losers. <laughs> So things your are hometown, Cronin. Well. Yeah, that's retrograde, your town. Retrograde, like Mercury. That's what I I said this after. I remember the um. Remember when the Bears played the Packers when Rogers like hurt his knee and then came back and was Superman in 2018 that first game. Yep. I just remember thinking the next day, I really can't wait to like hear Chicago sports radio because. After like just growing up there, after listening, after like bad losses and just nonsensical things that happen to Chicago sports teams, there is no more toxic of a place than 670, the score, ESPN 1000. And the amount of times I've heard Trubinsky stinks, um, <laughs> things like that, like it just. But you have to have like an accent from like Joliet or Palatine, like that guy who was just on the call. Um, I didn't really hear it. That didn't really like accentuate it enough to my liking to be like, yeah, that's home. But um, yeah, when they, 
<laughs> Chicago sports radio is just like a fun, fun place, uh, especially when they lose. Like it's honestly better when the teams are losing because it's more entertaining. Actually, I think we might have some of this. Here's some stuff from last year that might actually suit uh, the the Chicago flavor more. For you. <laughs> It's it's beyond belief, and you got to say, oh well, it, don't go crazy and say, oh, you know, they won, they won. Hey, folks, what are you trying to do? What are you, what is the objective? My the God, sixteen games to make yourself a world championship. Last year we went twelve games, eleven on defense, and they had everything going for them every break. And coming into this year, does that coaching staff realize it? Has Mitch Trubisky realized it? Is he a better quarterback this year than he was the prior year or the prior year before that? No. He's gone backwards. And whose fault is it? Nagy. (laughs) Now it's just the hosts. That's not even the callers. I know. I was about to say, was that Mongo? Uh, no, that was Obradovich. That was Obradovich. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the first um, one was Hampton. Mongo. So you're talking about, is it Steve Mongo McMichael? Is that? Yes. That guy, yes. by the way, went from like playing for the Bears and then he was like a WCW wrestler for a while. <laughs> then he got into radio. Yeah. Just yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a real piece of work. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I think that it's crazy when you walk into this season and the Bears are what, four and one to start um, and kind of where they are now. Like that staff may not be there at the end of the year because Ryan Pace was already kind of on thin ice. I mean, every time you hear about the fact that the Bears could have drafted Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure that uh, the McCaskey family is getting more restless every single time they have to hear one of those references. But now it's, I think it's a matter of, you know, they're not going to win with this roster. They have, they're wasting the prime of this defense. This offense is putrid. Like I thought last year's bears offense was really bad, but this year is completely non-existent. Like Allen Robinson, I hope you fly, spread your wings and fly away. Go, go somewhere else better next year. Um, those four straight drives that they had to open the second half, where I think the third one was like, they netted minus five yards, something like that. Like, Changing the play calling didn't do you any favors. It's not going to do you any favors. The offense is bad. I don't know what that was in 2018. I really do think that was a fluke where Matt Nagy has this cool Kansas City. We're going to run a lot of like sweeps and, and pre-snap motion and all this stuff. And they got one good year out of Mitchell Trubisky. Trubinsky is like uh, my Chicago <laughs> brethren likes to refer to him as. I'm like, it's not that hard. You don't need to put an N in there. It's like people say Clemson. It's Clemson. Anyways. Um, <laughs> it's more fun that way, Courtney. It drives me nuts. Um, but no, I mean, like, I, I don't see how this staff survives. Um, given where they're at now, yes, they're 5-5. Five and five. They're still ahead of the Bears by – still ahead of the Vikings and Detroit by a game in the NFC North standings. But – this is not a good team and your defense, you, you just wasted all of your, you, you have like, you had a very small window to begin with and you're wasting that window. It's closing. It's probably pretty much already shut because you can't, you can't tell me that they're going to be able to somehow bounce back from that and win a couple games here down the stretch, go nine and seven, get that set, get the wild card spot. Um, I, I just don't see it. You can't run. They cannot run. Like no, there, there is no thing. ground game, dude. I mean, Cordell Patterson is literally their starting running back right now. Yeah, I can't figure it out. Trying to hit guys, I can't figure that part out. And I mean, last night 
when they're playing, when Zim's playing, you know, a version of a cover two, Tampa two, or, you know, it's, it's soft coverage. Um, he's daring you to run. Then he'll switch it up. But I mean, the reason he's doing that is to protect his safeties. He essentially got away with murder there because it's like, you're, sorry, your young corners are who you're protecting by, by having two deep safeties. And you're basically saying, Hey guys, run on us. Um, and that's the only thing that would cause them to, to make a change there. But they didn't. Like, I think Chicago netted 44 yards, something like that total in the run game. And it's, you know, yeah, there were a couple chunk plays in there, but it just was not enough. Yeah, they had 41 yards rushing last night. Um, that That's just awful. But granted, I know that they were without Montgomery and they've had some issues with the run game, but they don't even have that, which is, you know... Honestly, ever since Jordan Howard left, that run game has just gone out the window. Yep. Amen. Uh, so, the, actually, let's give you one more Bears vet line for the road here, and then we'll get to Vikings. Bears down, Chicago Bears. Bears down, Chicago Bears. Carmen DeFalco tweeted that before that final drive, they had only had 14 yards in offense in the final, in the second half. That's just ridiculous. And then third and four. In four down territory, you throw a screen pass five yards behind the line. Like what? It, what? That doesn't make any sense. I that sounds I just that don't sounds familiar. Howard, thanks. I I just want to cry. I don't know. <laughs> I go from being frustrated a couple days uh, every week after the game, yeah. getting excited, and then the day after, I'm hungover and sad. And that's my Tuesday tomorrow. Oh, Poor guy. Hung over and sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad Tuesday, no less. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. That's tough. <laughs> so, Deck, let's fire up some appropriate tunes here, and let's go around the room, uh, and let's empty our bag of Viking statements. We'll start with Judd. We'll go Judd, me, Courtney, Declan, and we'll, uh, we'll make our rounds here. So, fire away, Judd. All right, statement number one, and after a 1-5 start, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I am, and I'm going to say it with a certain amount of confidence. Mike Zimmer is doing the best coaching job that he has done in his seven years as the Vikings head coach. Mm -hmm. These last three three games, he has come up with defensive schemes that that, um, take his young talent and give them an opportunity to succeed. Uh, He's come up up with blitz packages that he doesn't love to do, but they work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beyond that, too. We can argue until the cows come home about offensive philosophy and the run game in 2020 and what your quarterback should do. But these last three games, including last night especially, this offense has hit on ideas that basically work, which is a lot of of Cook. I mean, he's going to touch the ball a ridiculous amount of times. I think it was 34 touches last night, but that puts Cousins in a position to succeed. So Zimmer is doing... I really think, at least these last three games, the best coaching job that he has done in his seven years in charge of the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Like, he has turned this defense around mostly with rookies and backups. He's maintained the trust and belief of players after a disastrous start. And he now owns, including the playoffs, he's two and three in the playoffs. He now owns a 63 46 and one record as a head coach without ever really having spectacular quarterback play, Courtney. Uh, at any point in those seven years. And so body of work, Mike Zimmer has been damn good, and and he has fewer pieces uh, that you would consider experienced or credible on defense, and he's making it work these last few weeks. Yeah, I was incredibly impressed with the front seven last night. Um, it's not hard to fluster Nick Foles, and I mean, I don't, 
I know that the fans were, that were calling into Baird's vent line were um, moaning about the offensive line play. And, yeah, it's not great. They've had a lot of injuries there. They've had some COVID concerns there. But it's not like a, a patchwork unit. It's not terrible. Like, they were not the reason that Foles was a mess last night. That was on Nick Foles. And I think when you look at, you know, how they've worked – the interior of that offensive line to get some defensive line to get some push in there. And and some of the blitz packages that Judd mentioned using, you know, Eric Wilson, I mean, honestly is probably if I'm Anthony Barr, I'm sweating my job a little bit for next year because Mm -hmm. Wilson has been playing out of his mind. And if you package him with Kendricks, you've got your double a gap look right there with those two. You don't necessarily need Barr anymore. Um, Maybe that's a stretch, but we'll see. No, I mean, I think, even like a guy like Hercules Mata'afa, who was on the active roster, got relegated to the practice squad and then got called up a little bit ago. Like, you know, those guys are all kind of coming into their own. And I know this is the one thing that nobody who is a sports fan wants to admit to. Sometimes you need time to be able to like work out the kinks. And yeah, when you only have 16 games in a season, that's tough. Like I'm sure it works differently in, obviously it works differently in the NBA in, in baseball. It's obviously different, but like in the NFL, it's hard because you have such a limited sample size and limited body of work to kind of, you know, work all out, you know, all of like smooth out some of the wrinkles, but no, I mean, I, I was really impressed with the defense last night, especially as I mentioned before, what they did to open the second half. Um, but also, I mean, you put them back on the field with less than 50 seconds to go. And yeah, like, Foles, Foles had gone out and because of the, the hip injury or whatever it is, and, and it got whoever the hell the backup is. I don't even know what his name is. Boyd um, something? Something not good. I don't know. It wasn't Kyle Slaughter. Not, I was really hoping his name was, yeah. so was, it was Kyle not Slaughter. Kyle Slaughter. I mean, not backup. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, you can trust. I mean, yes, Bears are terrible. They're, they're, their offense is so, so, so bad that, like, I would have faith probably in the defense regardless. But I think it's kind of a statement at this point, 10 weeks into the season, that you're not – biting your nails and, and holding your breath being like, I really hope this defense can pull it out. If you're Mike Zimmer, the way that you were in green Bay two weeks ago, um, again, vastly different offenses and in the capabilities at the quarterback position, but the defense was able to be on the field and close out the game and not make it feel like it was going to be close there at the end. Tyler, Br- Tyler Bray, by the way, let's put some oh, respect on his name. Okay. Right. Who is Sorry, he? Tyler, Tyler Bray? Where's he from? Yeah, no one knows. Uh, no one. Do has we have a college on this young man? I have Minot no idea. State. I don't know. He's. We'll not find from it. Here. We'll, we'll. Declan will get all of I'll his background it. information. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Statement number two. I'm going to put kind of two and one here. So part one is Kirk Cousins played a great game last night, mm-hmm. and Gary Kubiak just to continue praising the coaching staff. Gary Kubiak has figured out exactly how to use Kirk Cousins over mm-hmm. these last few games. You stick with the running game as much as possible, even the threat of the running game is important to uh, to sort of letting Kirk play off of, you know, play action and bootlegs. And then you unleash Kirk on the things that he's comfortable in. And then you dial up a small handful of downfield throws. Uh, and a credit to Kirk, he's he's found Justin Jefferson more often than not since week two. He's found Justin Jefferson between the 20s. And then he's found Adam Thielen inside the red zone. And so mm-hmm. I just think, like, Mike Zimmer's been great and Gary Kubiak went back to the drawing board during the bye week and said, all right, what is the best? A, how can we avoid all these interceptions? But what's the best way to leverage what Kirk Cousins can do and avoid the things that he can't do? And and last night was just, I mean, they didn't score as many points as you probably figured they should. Um, but I thought last night was a masterpiece game plan, too, by Gary Kubiak. No, I agree with you. I think that Gary has his fastball. Um, and we're truly seeing the the Gary Kubiak offense play out in real time. I mean, Think of it this way. 
it's it's Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and then a tight end. It could have been Irv Smith if he was not hurt, but it was Kyle Rudolph, and Kyle played tremendously last night. Um, you don't need anybody else. Like this is not a team that needs a number three receiver as much as they try to like force that idea upon themselves every year. Like that's just not the case. Like Chad Beebe had like one good catch on, on third down. That's great. Um, BC Johnson, I think he dropped that pass. I don't know. Like you just don't need everybody else. Put them on the practice squad. Have like ten cornerbacks. I don't care. Like I mean, you just need you just need to like stop trying to figure that you're trying to be like every other team in the league that has at least three receiving options because. What do we know about a Gary Kubiak offense historically since like his first play calling gig in 1995? The tight end mm-hmm. is the number three receiver. That is what this is, and that's playing out in real time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, what you have four skill guys in a, in a Gary Kubiak offense, also throwing in the running back. What's, I'll call him the skill guy. It's cool. What's your confidence at this point um, that Dalvin can keep this up? Be- because, I mean, this is the one part mm-hmm. of the equation that we're growing accustomed to now, but we're talking again about 34 touches. That is an incredible count. And for, for a guy who's certainly been hurt in the past, it's asking a lot. What's your confidence? Because to me, he's the key piece here. Like if you pull the Dalvin piece out and are like, oh, try it now, it becomes very mm-hmm. tough. So just in, in examining things, what is your confidence, Courtney, that he can continue on this path um, and be effective and be used this much? You know, I think they're just kind of like grip it and rip it at this point. Like we're going to see how far he can take us. If we if he gets hurt, we'll figure it out from there. Because that's honestly what it feels like when you're running him 30 times and it's 3.2 yards per carry last night. He was fighting his ass off yep. to be able to get anything past that defensive line. He wasn't breaking off big runs. I mean, they had great, you know, force and contain. Like they were, they were keeping him on the edge. They were forcing him outside. And he wasn't able to be the Dalvin home run hitter that you saw against Detroit, that you saw against Green Bay at other points this season. But they're going to ride him. They don't have any other choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said, Phil, I mean, this is the offensive philosophy um, that works for them. It's trust Kirk in certain situations. Like, if it it has to be like a 60-40, 70-30, I'd say – 70 percent 70 70 on dalvin in that and then 30 on on kirk cousins i mean that in the rest of you know the passing offense and it worked i mean what did he say a few weeks ago it was you know we hit we t- we have too many of the home run plays too many of the explosive plays we need to go for more singles and doubles that was actually like the, the answer to the question that i um that i asked him that you played at the top of the show and it was and, a and gr- it was a great question by the way <laughs> Well, that's question. what Great that's what like we, we finally saw it in real time because you saw some really good intermediate throws, some short throws at first. I mean, yep. you're you're nickel and diming, chunking, you know, chunk yardage your way down on that first drive that was very methodical. And had it not been for uh, the fumble, uh, they would have scored there on that first drive because it just felt like it was everything was being executed perfectly. And then once you can do that. You can take a deeper shot. You can go 8 to 12 yards with Kyle Rudolph, and you can up that to, like, 15 to 20. I mean, I think it honestly worked. And then when you're on third down, you're not afraid to take a deep shot off play action to find Justin Jefferson for a 54-yard reception. I mean, they're picking their spots, and they're very wise about it. It's not – you know, I felt like this offense was very predictable early on um, that, you know, in order to get Kirk Cousins comfortable and get him confident, you would, you know, draw up a bunch of bootlegs early on. And it's like the, the, the defense is sniffing that out. They know it's coming. Now I'm not so sure that, you know, the defenses that we've seen 
Um, and this was, you know, one of the best defenses on third down specifically in the NFL and the Bears. And, and, and Kirk played out of his mind on third down. He was 10 of 11 for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Like, and that's a byproduct not only of Cousins, but of, of the play calling. Yeah. By the way, Dex, do we get any uh, any any family yes. information on Tyler Bray? Tyler Bray? Uh, we should have called up Chip Scoggins. He's a Tennessee Vol. Like oh, three years of Tennessee. Rocky top guy. Top five in Tennessee all time in touchdowns, yards, completion, and attempts. He's a fourth, long time fourth, ago. fifth, and fourth. Well, I don't yeah. remember him. 2010 uh, to 2012. Yeah, that's he's like why. he's like ten years ago, a Tennessee guy. Oh, that's why. Long yeah, he had a big ago. junior season. He uh, yeah, he threw thirty four touchdowns and twelve interceptions. I'm sure all twelve of those were <laughs> devastating for for Chip Scoggins as well. Um, Courtney, uh, statement number three, fire away. So I said on this show a couple weeks ago that I think it might have even been last week that I would eat my words essentially. Even though it really wasn't that critical, but you know, I didn't. I was more on the along the lines of I think you should be rebuilding. I think that. Even a first-round playoff berth and then an exit in the first round, what does that do for your roster long-term? I mean, that's neither here nor there at this point. But the Vikings, they took a gamble on themselves at the trade deadline saying we're going to stay put with what we have right now because we think we can win in 2020. Well, they proved that. They are back in contention. They are 3-0 and to start the stretch after the bye Coming out of the bye, Rick Spielman was asked about how how far will you need to know to, like, to know that – how, how long will it take to know how far or how close you are to being back in contention? And he said, well, we have, you know, five division games coming up, including three to start out the second half of the season for us. We'll know pretty soon. And, and that's true. Like, they do know that they can win with this roster. There are a lot of four and five teams out there right now that are kind of still this mystery. And I think the Vikings fall into that category. But I do think that given their schedule and given what they've done they figured it out on defense. They figured it out on offense. For now, you can beat teams like Carolina, Jacksonville, Dallas, these two, you know, NFC North fools again. Um, <laughs> that's fine. That's five wins right there. So unnecessary. Can you beat Tampa Bay? Can you beat the Saints? I mean, will, will Drew Brees even be playing on Christmas Day? Who knows? But um, this team is a this team is a playoff team. That is yeah. that is my statement because wow, you know. A lot of, and it's not necessarily a byproduct of how good or bad they aren't. They are or are not. Like that was an ugly game last night. That was really ugly. Both of those two teams deserved each other. But <laughs> it, if you want to be ugly, that's fine. But as long as it's efficient for the Vikings and you get a win, then that's okay. So I think that they're in a spot where they know they're not elite. They know that they have a long way to go. But if they can keep just kind of riding this hot hand of what they figured out works for them for now. Why wouldn't you ugly, but efficient. I feel like, I feel like Judd used that on his match.com profile one time. A few years back. <laughs> that's all that's important. Efficiency is the key to life. Okay. You don't have to be pretty. You have to be efficient. Mm-hmm. Efficiency lasts. Mm-hmm. Don's all Look, get, looks don't yeah. last. Looks don't last. Do you know what does last? The efficiency of everything. Uh, Dex, what's your, what's statement number four, Declan? Yeah. Mine is Eric Wilson is going to get paid. I mean, this dude is having another, uh, having a phenomenal season. Uh, right now, he is on pace for just an insane career year, 108 tackles, six sacks. Like, the dude is going to be a UFA this year. Anthony Barr mm-hmm. is still do a good amount of money next year. And I, according to Over the Cap, I know you were looking at Spotrack, Phil, when we were recording Mackie and Judd earlier this afternoon. And I, I don't think they can really cut him without they having – They'd have to restructure without just swallowing a ton of money in 2020. So, I mean, do you want – 
to bake, uh, you know, basically assume the fact that Anthony Barr is going to bounce back and eventually get to that glass ceiling? Or can you either restructure and or move on and trade Anthony Barr? Because I think right now you know what you're getting in Eric Wilson, and I feel like he's the more steadier player, but it might not be from the Vikings because this dude's going to get paid, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's... What can they do then? So I was accounting for the uh, the 2021 dead money, but there's money beyond that too. Uh, and Eric Wilson's probably gonna, you know, he's probably gonna get a bump to like eight nine million dollars a year in free agency. You don't want to be paying three linebackers in 2020, so you'd have to get rid of Anthony Barr in some way. Back to Purple Daily in just a moment. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is uh, one of the sponsors of Purple Daily. Every day they've been helping us here, uh, just keeping our lights on, and they've been helping business owners, giving them extra peace of mind and resources for the last 100-plus years. They're one of us, too, based in Owatonna. You can follow Federated on Twitter, at Federated INS, for fresh, relevant risk management content. If you are a business owner, you want to make sure that you have the tools that Federated provides, and that will also lead to more peace of mind. Federatedinsurance.com, and remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. Yeah, so I was looking this up the other day. So he has a $12.7 million cap hit this year. And the way that they structured that contract when he was like, oh, no, I'm so sad. I want to come back to the Vikings. Okay, bye, Jets. Um, <laughs> is that, like, the cap numbers just go up, like, in an absurd manner, um, you know, from from here on out. Like, for where it was to 2020 in 2020, and then obviously with, like, 2020. One is a fifteen point five million dollar cap hit. He's not on the roster. Like they're at that number next year. Absolutely not. It yeah. goes fifteen point five, fifteen point six, eighteen point one in two thousand twenty three. But they backloaded it. That's what they do with these contracts. Right. So he's due a twelve point three million dollar base salary next year, and only seven point one of that is guaranteed. It's signing for injury. So and that becomes guaranteed on the on the on the third day of, of the league year next year. So. I think the Vikings go to him and talk restructure because when when they came back, they you know when he came back, they I think they overpaid for him, but they were loyal and they wanted to keep him. Um, he has been outplayed by Eric Kendricks, and certainly, obviously, he's hurt the season, so who knows? But he looks like he's being. If you were just kind of comparing things over the last few years, looks like he's being outplayed by Eric Wilson. Um, I think the Vikings have a lot of leverage here to go to the table and be like, if you want to stay here, we're going to have to restructure that deal down considerably because they do not have a lot of financial resources next year. I mean, I think he's the third, second or third highest cap hit mm-hmm. next year for Minnesota. So, I mean, it's certainly, um, you know, it, it's not a good spot for them to be in right now when they've got to pay Cousins. They got to potentially pay Daniil Hunter. Who knows? But it's um, a good one. I, I think that they will end up having to have that, you know, come to Jesus, talk with Barr and be like, look, we like all three of you. We want to keep all three of you. Are we going to be able to do it? I don't know. I mean, because you're right, Phil, cutting him would be, there'd be a lot of financial penalty for that of carrying dead cap. Um, I don't know. Maybe they'd be able to trade him if he wasn't hurt. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Judd, statement number five. Let's let's make one more lap around the room here. Two-part statement, but the, the second part that I'm going to give you is extremely important. Justin Jefferson is a star with no ego at this point. The second part is the most important part because if he's asked to play a big role like he was against the Bears, he's outstanding. And if he's not, which is too bad at times, but can fall within the confines of what Kubiak wants to do offensively, especially with Dalvin being the star, 
You don't have him going to the media. You don't hear about any bickering behind the scenes. He doesn't hold a sudden uh, press conference to say that there's truth in all rumors. <laughs> truth in all rumors. But, but, he won't, but he won't clarify what the truth might be. Uh, so the important thing is he's outstanding and he is a star, but the rookie is doing it with no ego at this point. That will change eventually, probably. But for right now, it's extremely important, and it keeps a lot of peace where peace didn't exist last year. And if Stefan Diggs was going through this year as a Viking with the ups and the downs, I guarantee you it wouldn't be as peaceful as it is with Jefferson right now. I mean, look at what it was last year through four weeks, and then he skips out on practice. I mean, to be fair, Diggs was like a Jefferson Early on, he was one of I remember being at the studios at 1500 um, doing an interview with him. Like my first one on one I did with him was about a CenturyLink boost box. And um, that was in like that was after the day after the Monday night football game in 2017, the opener against the Saints. And there was no ego. That was kind of when he was just kind of coming into his own. And then miracle Stefan Diggs happened. And that changed a lot of things. I mean, Justin Jefferson is a first round star. Um, he was an absolute stud at LSU, and he knows that. Um, and everybody on this team knows that, too. I think the fact of his age and the fact that he's still a rookie is helping his case in terms of, like we were saying, Judd, kind of keeping peace in the locker room and, and making sure everybody gels and fits together because this is not a guy who's like, yeah, I'm the best receiver on this team when he very easily is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is somebody who's still like, Adam Thielen, tell me more. I want to learn everything. Like, I'm a golden retriever. I just want to please everybody. Um <laughs> Like he's just so happy, and I, and I think that that's contagious, and that rubs off on everybody else, and that's what's making for so much harmony. It's somebody who wants to be a sponge. Like Honestly, I see a lot of Dalvin Cook in, in the way that Justin Jefferson is right now and is received in that locker room and received really by everybody on the team. Yeah, uh, and he's if, if you just look at the numbers too, I mean – it's hard. It's hard not to call him a top ten receiver in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. If you want, I mean, yardage, he's seventh uh, yards per reception, and that now that can be a little bit deceiving. That some guys are there to run shorter routes, like Stefan Diggs uh, is twelve yards per reception. Justin Jefferson's eighteen yards per reception, and uh, the catch percentage can be deceiving too. But he has one of the highest catch percentages at seventy eight percent in the NFL. Uh, I want I want to go to the Bears uh, star wide receiver for a second for statement number six, which is not only are the Bears bad at football, they are also extremely dysfunctional. Last mm-hmm. night during the game, so the Bears were whiffing in the red zone like they usually do, and Allen Robinson's agent. So Allen Robinson is, <laughs> is an, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and they've had some back and I forth about him not getting paid and stuff. So he tweets during one of the failure red zone uh, sequences, should Allen Robinson not be the first read in the red zone 99% of the time? Only team in the league that won't throw it to the wide receiver one in the red zone. Same guy who's leading the team in contested catches. What's really going on? You have Allen Robinson's agent during a Monday night football game insinuating that they are limiting his targets in the red zone to keep his money value down. I I am, am here for it. I am with the agent. (laughs) <laughs> I am on his side here. I mean, what are you doing? It's yeah. ridiculous. It's hilarious. But, like, he's he's not just saying, like, what are you doing, you idiots? He's saying, what are you doing? Are you doing this on purpose right. to make sure my client doesn't get paid? In it the looks middle like of the they are, row? though. You guys, it looks like they are. <laughs> like, like they are. They are actively, offensively sabotaging themselves <laughs> continually, and it's the damnedest thing. 
I don't know. That's hilarious. It's hilarious. That All is right. really funny. All right, Courtney. I did, I did see that tweet. Statement number seven. My statement is that Kirk Cousins is becoming a fourth quarter superstar. Wow. Um, wow. So he has the NFL's best passer rating in the fourth quarter, 137.2. Um, and he only is behind Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, seven quarter, seven fourth quarter touchdowns. So I know that a lot of this is, is garbage time stuff. Like we, we, we go back to the Green Bay game. Yeah, be and, careful here. You know, I know. I'm actually I'm we, very, very. I, I will say here. we have a couple people that are. Uh, I won't give out too inform- too much information, but there are a couple VIPs that are watching this right now, and and we have a couple people in the chat, and we've had a couple requests for this. Oh boy! Yes. Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are oh, innocent man. until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. Wow. Wow, I got slapped right. with that one. Big day for I had no clue that that was coming. Good question point, uh-huh. and now you get pulled over by the Classic. Hot Take Cops. Congratulations. Hey, the, the numbers don't lie. A 132 passer rating in the fourth quarter. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, what did he do last night? Does anybody want to talk about the fact that he has his first game-winning drive this season after failing to do it against Tennessee, after failing to do it against the Seahawks? I mean, he really didn't have a whole ton of time. Like, I'm not going to blame that on him. Um, against Seahawks, even though cumulative effect-wise, he probably could have played better in that game. Nonetheless, moot point. Um, that's a big deal because this is somebody that we talked about. Like he can't pick his team up at that in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line and lead them across the finish line. He did that. The, the 54-yard pass to Justin Jefferson on third and 11 lined them up to be able to get into scoring position. They obviously did not convert. They were kicking the field goal, but that's 13-13. And then he hits Adam Thielen on that six-yard touchdown to go up 19-13. Thanks a lot, Austin Cutting. But, um, no, I I am really – I really do think that something's clicking there with Kirk Cousins, because it's not like you're asking him to do it all the time. Um, The offensive philosophy kind of is working its magic there. And plus the Bears at that point were so gashed. Akeem Hicks was off the field. They were finally able to run. But put some respect on Kirk for that. He finally has his game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. Put some respect. I like it. That is his second career as a Viking, second career game-winning drive in in two and a half seasons. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it wasn't a fourth-quarter comeback because they were tied going into the fourth quarter. So he only has one uh, completed fourth quarter comeback. Hey, he but played really well. Yeah, he, he played a he really, really Excellent. solid game. There's no you way like around that. it. You like Dex, what's your what's your final statement? Statement yeah. number eight here. Mine is keep feeding Dalvin Cook. So so yesterday the Vikings give Dalvin Cook thirty carries, and the Bears held him in check. Like if you're the, if you're Chicago and you look at the box score and you're like, oh, three point two yards. We held the best running back in football yeah. essentially to three point two yards. We did our job. Well, then the Vikings offense was still able to rebound. They were still able to be complimentary. Kirk Cousins plays well. Justin Jefferson makes plays. They scored 19 points against a pretty damn good defense. Now, you probably want to score in that 21 range to be guaranteed a win, but the offensive philosophy, even when Dalvin wasn't working, still ended up working victorious for the Vikings. So I say keep feeding Dalvin Cook. I know there's a there, there's some trepidation about how many touches can you really give this dude because he had, what, 34 touches yesterday, which was a season high. But keep feeding Dalvin because even when it doesn't work, you saw what the complimentary pieces can do around him. I think we need some T-shirts. I, mean, I saw some people on Twitter tweeting uh, early in that game. Dalvin Cook has been established. If we're looking to establish <laughs> the run, 
I think I think Dalvin Cook going into the game has been established. Zim Make it a T-shirt. It. Zim loves this. This is <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Zim. It is, and I mean, this is the way that they want to win games. And if you think about what Derrick Henry did the previous week to Chicago. Um, same yards per carry, 3.2. They made him work for it. I think Dalvin's production, actually, when you look at bigger, you know, bigger picture wise, and obviously he had more rushing yards, like he was a better back than Derrick Henry, who currently I still think as of, you know, right now leads the league in rushing. So, I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind who the best running back in the NFL is right now. Um, and that's Dalvin Cook. Hey, final thing for you here, Courtney, we're going to, we played this clip on Mackie and Judd and, uh, I, I feel like. I'm going to play you back-to-back clips. I feel like Mike Zimmer was trying to recreate a moment and then forgot the line. So here's okay. the here's the back-to-back, all right? Hey, you held him at 20 points, man. Yes, you sir. gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? So I heard it all week long, right? 0-9 on Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> You like how this tastes? Yeah. 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 I think he was. But you like how this tastes? How do you end up with that? It's, it's weird. It's, it's sort of creepy. Like I think it's super creepy. I think He's he was sixties. I think he was going for that moment at the end of the you know the playoff the the Saints win. I think he was going for yeah. the hey you've been hearing about it oh and nine on Monday Night Football and then he was supposed to say you like that. And then he forgot the line. <laughs> you like how this tastes. So, I heard it all week long, right? 0-9 on Monday night. Yeah. 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 You, you like how this tastes? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. 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 You like how that tastes? <laughs> That's creepy. It's so creepy. It's super creepy. It. It's, not, it's not like Shaq asking Kobe how his ass tastes. It's not like right. that, but it's just like it was just you know. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit. It, well, he God just he flopped it and forgot it. And and plus, post game, Kirk, give us something, Kirk. Like I wanted one defiant quote, like one bleep you people. Oh, he gave you. He was very mellow. You know, for me, it's all about you know playing well. And, uh, you know, doing my part, I've learned, played long enough to know that there's not a lot you CEO can control quarterback. as a quarterback. There. Yeah, totally. That's but, what he said he wanted to be. But, but late in that game, he tipped his hand completely because he's, like, celebrating and he's yelling and gesticulating. It's like, give, me, yeah. give me that just one postgame, uh, you know, you columnists and, and beat writers and blah, you go shove it. I just proved something to you. Just give me something. He's, he's mature. He's mature now. He's a growing man. I mean, he right. was he was going he nuts feel. on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was definitely fired up. I, I, Which is fine. Yeah, that was a, a, nice, a nice sight to see. Do you like sure. how that tastes? No, I don't. No, Mike. Mike, God. that's not the line. That was not the yeah, line. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he might be loose this week because they played Dallas, and Dallas is not very good, even though they're probably getting Andy Dalton back. Like, I wonder if that would be something to be like, Mike, do you remember saying that after the game? Like, can you elaborate on that? Like, were you trying to be funny and try to be Kirk? I, like, <laughs> I think it depends on who asked the question, Courtney. Uh, I think that's what we've learned. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think so. if the right person asked the question, you'll get a good answer. Uh, that is a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. We appreciate Courtney Cronin uh, joining us for this Viking Statements episode. You can follow her on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin, and we will see you guys tomorrow.